Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Robert Lane Creative Careers Podcast, the podcast about creativity and making a living in the arts. This episode of the podcast features a conversation with casting director Louise Kiley, whose recent work includes the international smash hit TV show Normal People. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe to, rate, review, like, share the podcast, because doing all those things helps more people to find it in the future. You can find out more information about me and the various projects that I'm working on at robertlaymusic.co.uk and please do find me and say hello on social media where I'm Robert Lane Music. Okay, here's my conversation with Louise Kiley. Hi Louise, how are you? I'm good Robert, nice to meet you. Yes, you too. How are things going? You're in Dublin, I think. I am in a place called Drogheda, okay. which is about 40 minutes north of Dublin. That's where I live. Um, we work out of Dublin, obviously, predominantly, a bit of Belfast as well. But um, no, I live up by the seaside, so just up the motorway. So it's uh, very nice, quiet. I live down the road from my parents. Um, so that's handy because we get to see them quite a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have sun here. So that never happens in okay. April, May time in Ireland. <laughs> like, you know, we might get the odd day, but luckily it's been very sunny. So we've had time in our gardens and stuff. Good. And what's the situation with lockdown at the moment in Ireland? Um, that's a good question, actually, because last Friday, this day last week, our government uh, published what they called a roadmap to how to uh, for us how to get out of lockdown and it actually doesn't seem too bad um theoretically if everything goes according to plan we should be back at work everybody should be back at work if they're talking about sort of large gatherings and stuff like that maybe by they're saying august 10th but i think people are you know like if it happens by september then that would be great i think you know Small businesses can start up and then, I mean, hardwares and stuff and garden centers are about to start opening again, which I think seems to be kind of the way that, um, you know, countries are doing it across Europe. But um, but sort of hairdressers, I think, are back in July and various sports events are starting up in the coming weeks. And so it's actually not as bad as it could be. You know, in my world, what I'm looking for is a date, I suppose, when people can get back on set, you know, um, and... Obviously, I defer to producers and, you know, they know what they're talking about in that situation. But it doesn't seem that bad. And we are actually working on a couple of projects. Um, and if they get back on set in September, that would be amazing. Yes, it would. So how yeah. was the impact of the coronavirus once it happened and once the lockdown started here for us? So like I was supposed to be out playing some some music gigs and there was a week where our prime minister had told us, try and avoid pubs and clubs, but hadn't closed them. So then we all had this thing, well, are we doing these concerts or are we not doing them? You know, because the normal thing is keep calm and carry on. The show must go on. But you sort of realised it's a completely different situation this time around. And the stiff upper lip might be to actually stay at home and not do the things that you want to do. So how about for your line of work? How quickly were things affected? Yeah, that's a really good um way of describing it. It was the same for us. Um I think we were slightly ahead of... UK timeline wise but the sort of the actual kind of process was the same um you know it was like 
suddenly there was a talk of you know projects that I was working on I was working on um, two television series which were actually and a movie they were all shooting at the time and there was sort of slight sort of murmurings of well they're not going to be able to continue and then sort of people going well that's bonkers we're only a small production over in the west of Ireland you know how could it and then suddenly there's talk of Starbucks closing and and you kind of go but Starbucks has never closed yeah. do you know what I mean like these big sort of, and then shops. And and then, of course, our um, Prime Minister, our Taoiseach, addressed us on St. Patrick's Day and gave it to us straight, I suppose. And, and it was kind of a bit mind-blowing to think that, you know, that those things actually had to happen. So at that point, you know, everything locked down and it was quite scary, I won't lie. And, um, yeah, people were quite afraid. But, but following the rules, I mean you know, for the most part. Mm. Um, and then, of course, I don't know about you, Robert, but in my little world, things sort of become normal very quickly. You know, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, well, we wouldn't be going to a bar on Saturday night. We'd be Zooming a pop quiz. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, and that's only six weeks, five weeks, I don't know, seven weeks ago, you know. But um, it seemed to happen quite slowly but I'm quite sure it happened over a very short space of time if that makes any sense because it was also big Absolutely. you know stage just felt quite whoa that's amazing like that never would have done stores as well I suppose they're still open but shopping markets and you know yeah it, it was this thing of something would happen in the news and you'd sort of think oh well of course yeah that's got to happen they have to do that and then you'd take yourself out of it and think this would have seemed impossible two weeks ago yeah. certainly a month yeah. ago it's like, oh, yeah. those things. but it has shown to me just how adaptable people are really as they go through really big things. As you say, it's the, that horrible phrase that's going around now, the new normal, but it, it does feel like that. You just adapt to things. But also there's yeah. that human nature element of as soon as you're told you can't do something, you're desperate to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or the sort of we won't be able to do something in three days' time, so we have to do it as much as we possibly can. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it felt very strange. Um, but there's been, uh, I think, I mean, an amazing pull in Ireland, in the UK, like communities and the world. And, you know, there's a sort of a very large sort of feeling of collective community positivity, hopefully, I mean, in, in as much as you can, because, of course, so many people are being affected. It's just horrendous. But I suppose it's, it's an amazing testament to the world, largely, that we are actually pulling together for the sake of people's health, you know? Mm. Uh, which I think we, well, we're certainly proud of over here. Um, yeah, it's bonkers. It's that thing which I, I know is always the case with history, but until you're living through it, that we're all experiencing the same thing, but in completely different ways. Yeah. So everybody's experience of the same situation is going to be very unique. So you can have how people talk about having a good war or a bad war or whatever. It's kind of like there, are, you know, there are elements in this that, as terrible as things are, there's some advantages that you start seeing for people yeah. as well. The I don't know the slower pace of life, people having time yeah. with their families when they wouldn't normally. It's and it's obviously yeah. going to be interesting how much of that carries through. Whether the, some of the good bits can continue or, or not, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from my personal experience, I moved into a house quite recently and, you know, I'm not an 
unfriendly person, but um, I wouldn't be the kind of neighborhood hanger outer. Yeah. Whereas I've become really good pals with my neighbor, you know, and she's absolutely lovely. So we have our over the wall chats and, um, and a person very close to me has been in hospital, in and out of hospital, mm. uh, non-corona related. But, um, but the first time he went back into hospital, he was like, uh, God, we can't go in. It's so weird. And then, of course, he was brought in again. And there's like no expectation that we'd be able to go in. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, yeah. And that was only the space of a few weeks. And you kind of go, OK, well, that's just the way it is now. So obviously we're in touch every day and he's fine. But um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, who'd have thought that, you know, people would be playing hopscotch on the roads again and lolo balls and, you know, there's like communities out on the street and stuff mm. far away from each other, but, mm. you know. And how has it affected actually casting then? So obviously the projects that were being filmed have had to pause. Has the yeah. casting for things down the road had to stop or has that been able to carry on to some degree? Uh, yeah, uh, a bit of a mix. So the stuff that has stopped, um, will have to be rebooked, obviously, if they're going to go again, which hopefully they will, because they were in the middle of like some great projects. So that's the first challenge. It's like, you know, we have to revisit when they're it's going to happen. It's sort of putting all those people together again. Um, we will, yeah, I mean, renegotiations, I don't know. I assume so, possibly not, you know, um, putting people back dates-wise, availability, all that stuff. So that's ahead of us and then the projects which we were preparing for to be honest I feel quite lucky because we haven't been now we have a, a smaller team than maybe we would have had before um, but we're still in sort of proper casting process for two TV series and um, who have been really supportive um, about continuing, which is great. So there's myself and two um, of my colleagues are working on those. And, and actually I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. And again, it's, you know, with a view to be on set in September, which hopefully will happen. Um, what's been kind of interesting for me actually um, in this quieter time with regards to, you know, casting and two projects as opposed to eight projects not that I would ever complain I mean who would do you know mm -hmm. what I mean that, that you know you'd have a lot of work which is really very you know joyful and lucky um but it's meant that I have had time to be really quite thoughtful over the tapes um you know take a bit more time watching take a bit more time listening take a bit more time thinking um and so I was talking to a producer and saying exactly that kind of going, you know, I feel like even though we're not guaranteed at this time that you're going to be on set on September 1st or September 6th or whatever, then, but, but even still, you know, if you have the resources for us to continue, I think it's actually, I think it's going to benefit us in the long run because I feel like we have the time now. Do you know what I mean? Nobody, you know, we won't be sort of up against you know, a, a, a lot of other jobs that all are sort of going for Christmas or not. I mean, look, I'm not going to complain either way. You know, sure. why would you? You know, but it's um, but it's actually been a really cool process. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's also been, again, in that sort of spirit of getting on with it and working together and stuff. There's no world in which I can be in a casting room 
which is of course fine because people can self tape and you know that happens anyway it's not like it's a new thing but then it comes with challenges um like for young people so say for example we're looking for sort of 14 to 16 year olds um you know traditionally it would be more useful for us to get them into the room and for one of my colleagues to play and work with them and you know and so what we've done instead I suppose is just ask the parents to tape them a few times and they've been really amenable to that and patient around it you know so that we can present the best possible version of the tape um mm. so it's a, a, been a bit challenging but again people have been uh really yeah really quite helpful mm. and it's a time to innovate isn't it that's the other side of it but i was going to ask yeah. about the self-tape thing actually because i feel as if the the casting world is an area where you're a little bit ahead of the game actually because self-taping for people from all over the world and sending stuff to you is something that has been happening in casting for a while hasn't it so that isn't yeah. perhaps a a huge change um so you're yeah. a little bit ahead of the game in that world compared to all the other industries where they're having to suddenly discover how to do that stuff. That's a really good point. Like, to be honest, Robert, I work from home so much anyway. Um, we have the studios down in Dublin, but I love technology. And even, you know, when I started in 2005, 2006, uh, I mean, faxes were kind of gone, I suppose, at the time. But, you know... Um, I mean, I'm like, give me the emails, put it yeah. on, you know, we don't have any paper. Obviously, we have sides, you know, if we have to. Yeah. But, like, yeah. we've been paper-free for a very long time. Um, we work on Dropbox. Um, you know, the facilities and the sort of systems that we have are very tech-friendly and therefore very efficient. And I love that because I feel like, why wouldn't we use that? So you're absolutely right. I feel like, you know... Uh, we didn't have to kind of kick Pollock scramble at this point to facilitate our castings. And I'm, I, I'm quite sure that I'm not alone because all casting directors have been using this for the last six, seven years anyway. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And equally, the actors have, their skills are so sharp when it comes to self-taping. Um, actors have the same questions around, you know, what does this cast director prefer or at the core of it, what, what's actually great, what's the best way to self-tape, you know, and that will always remain. But, it, but you know, everybody has a phone and everybody has a mic or a computer or, you know, so, so everyone can actually do it. So that's quite lucky, actually. You're dead right. Um, you know, my brother um, works in insurance and he's been working from home and he's really, really busy and has said quite recently that, you know, actually, yeah, I don't really need to go into the office as much as I thought I did. Do you know, I th it feels like things are changing quite a lot. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know, there's advantages to that in terms of the environment. And, and I was just thinking about time as well, the amount of time that people must spend going to and from work and sitting in traffic jams or on buses and all that and trains. Yeah. Surely it's going to be I good for people if we don't have to do that. So hour, all of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This Buses and stuff now. It's showing what an old-fashioned idea that is. I guess you have to work nine to five because all the other businesses do, but but it's not like that now because you communicate with people all over the world. So, which I was going to say about the casting, it means, of course, that you can speak to actors, production companies anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be people who are a, a train ride away. No, and I mean to be honest, it's been like that for a long time. Yeah. And. Um, uh, I mean, whether it's the actor or whether it's the producer or the director, um, whether it's LA or whether it's Dublin or Finland, you know, um, 
uh, it's time just doesn't really I mean you know obviously we have boundaries as yeah. in you're not going to meet each other at two in the morning but um but the fact is that LA our time behind our, their time is behind us so a call will have to happen in the evening time and that's just the way it is do you know what I mean and that's absolutely fine um and equally you know if an actor is in New York and we're auditioning from Dublin and you just kind of schedule it accordingly. Yeah, you just, time zones just have to kind of vibe in with each other, don't they? And we just have to get on board with that. Yeah, because so so that nine to five thing, as much as I wouldn't expect my colleagues or want my colleagues to work till nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the evening if it's unnecessary, there are times when if somebody has to be on set and they're coming from North America, or they're coming from Germany and to cast the call that's happening. That's just the way it is. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, again, it's, it's, we're so used to working those hours. Yeah. Good. So could you give us a little bit of a kind of parted history of how you got to the position you're in now and how you came to casting? And was that, was there doing something else involved in film and TV beforehand? Uh, no, um, I came to casting from the theatre. I mean, I, I suppose as a teenager, I wanted to be an actor and was in all the drama plays. And, um, and then I auditioned for Trinity College in Dublin and I didn't get a recall, so I didn't get in at all. But I did get offered law in university in Cork. So I went and did that and like was part of like the drama society from, say, day dot, you know, and just absolutely loved it. Spent most of the time in the theatre and and that's kind of where my heart was. And then I auditioned for um, the Gaiety School of Acting when I was in third year in college, and I got into that. So I went straight from my degree to the Gaiety School, and I did two years there. And uh, I often laugh, you know, you're kind of going from third year talking about sort of evidence law and all this kind of, ah, and then going to drama school where they were like, rats over here, rabbits over here, right, go. <laughs> This is insane. It's so amazing. Um, so we got to play, and you know, and I learned a lot about... I didn't grow up in Ireland. I went to secondary school in South Africa, Johannesburg. So um, drama school, I got to learn a lot about Irish writers and Irish theatre, and, you know, it was just great. And, um, and then when I graduated, I went uh, to become an actor in Dublin, living in Dublin, and, I, you know, a bit of theatre... Uh, small bits of television, um, you know, a lot of waitressing, a uh, bit of clowning, quite a lot of clowning. <laughs> um, so it was hard, you know, and and I remember that time so clearly. It's it's so hard. It's such a hard life to pay your bills and take that rejection and live with the hope and keep that head up. And it's like I feel it's so strongly um you know and I so look you know so I I feel it for the actors I suppose it's the best I can do but um so then I at the time I was part of a cooperative agency called Castaway in Dublin and cooperative is like when you kind of represent the actors represent themselves and so we used to do uh, a couple of weeks in the office um every year and so one day myself and my good friend <laughs> decided to become casting directors <laughs> so we said we would just have a meeting and uh, go yeah let's do this but like you know 
no real idea what it actually did. So, um, so we were very lucky to get uh, to, you know, somebody was stuck and wanted us to cast a short film within a couple of days. So that's what happened. And then she continued uh, her acting career and it's still a very, very good friend of mine. And, um, and then we got our first commercial, I think like 2005, 2005. And then, and then we were gifted, I suppose, uh, the film 32A, which Marianne Quinn directed. And it was the first feature. And so that was a really big deal. And it was really, it was a lovely process. And I think the cast were terrific. And luckily, <laughs> I think back and I kind of go, God, I knew nothing about contracts. I knew nothing about rates. I knew nothing about contracts. But luckily people were kind enough not to lie when I asked. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so, uh, so I just learned, and I and I said then, and I'll say now that as soon as I found this job, I felt one hundred percent that it was absolutely the place where I wanted to be. So, I love it. I love what I do for a living. Fantastic. And in terms of what a, a casting agent does, then for anybody listening in who might not know, what yeah. what is the job? How would you describe it? Um. Okay. So. My job is I get hired by a production company. So a producer and a director or, you know, one or either will approach me or interview me because, of course, we do interview for jobs, you know, and you prepare the way an actor would. Um, And so they will hire me to cast their film. So what we will do, my team and I, is that we will break down the cast list of, you know, within the script and we will cast all of the roles in that script. Now, we won't obviously look after extras and sometimes there are special extras, so they will be quite small parts and each project slightly varies on that. But, you know, we'll look after, or we won't look after the special extras as well. But, um, so they're looked after by the ADs. So, so we cast the roles and what comes with that with each job is um a very varied set of requirements I suppose you know you might be working on a film where you know we did a film and I use this as an example because it's it's quite a handy example we we, we did a film a few years ago called Sing Street and what we were looking for in that movie is a group of young guys who become singers who form a band and so of course you're going into it going well they have to be brilliant at what they do they have to be able to play and and so we had these big massive open castings and it was all about the music and um you know and they would come in with their guitar you know their music piece of choice and um their instrument choice and uh and that's how we started that process and then of course you know they would have those those young people came from music so there was a little bit of sort of teaching the kind of acting bits in the middle and then of course you know they were very well looked after once they got cast and um, and then of course you you know we might work on a big big uh, genre piece where there's massive fight sequences so the actors will be required to have some um skills whether it's kind of you know like um martial arts or dance or gymnastics or choreography in some way that they can follow choreography and driving you know so so there's that and then of course 
sometimes, you know, you might be approaching an actor who would have quite a large profile and that's a separate sort of part of my job entirely. And um, uh, and then, yeah, and then we just, that's it. You just kind of put down your requirements, you know, see if the director's happy, you know, and then kind of obviously, you know, it all starts with script. It all starts with, you know, chatting to the director, getting the vibe, getting the feeling, knowing what the director wants, what he or she kind of feels is right for the for the world and um yeah it's a lot of instinct stuff you know mm. and then we just go and do it you know and then we yeah it becomes a practical process and are you carrying around with you a sort of um a catalog or a pool of actors who you've seen for things and maybe not cast before but you're just aware of them and then a project comes up and you think that person might be the one who slots in here or is it is it always new people or is it a bit of a bit of a mix? It's a mix, you know, it, exactly that thing. So, you know, you we're, you would see the same people quite a lot, um, you know, over the years. And, right. and because, so somebody might come out of drama school and they are really amazing and they'll do a few kind of jobs in theatre and then they might get a bit of telly or whatever. And so you'll see them for a movie and they might not get it and they might not get it and they might not get it and then... Then you kind of then they will get it. Do you know what I mean? Like the, you know, um, it happens when it's ready. Of course, there's there's many different ways of answering that question. You know, uh, we go to drama schools and we know who the graduates are coming out. That's absolutely imperative that we do that. We also know um, all the actors who are around. And then, of course, if something requires a big search, then we do that as well. But um, but yes, is the short version of the answer. Um, I do have you know, kind of actors in my head who I feel like, okay, these will be really great for this because they have this kind of vibe or, you know. Um, and then, of course, you might bring in a few wild cards as well and yeah. see how that And um, Because you're all, it's always surprising, you know. And are you having then to sort of, how can I put it, to bat for someone who you, you think will be really good for the project but you've got to convince a director or a producer or whatever? Or I mean, I guess it's their project, so their word is is the thing if if you see something in someone that they don't uh so i mean it tends to be so i'm trying so we had there was a conversation recently and um we're putting together so we would have seen quite a lot of actors and we presented quite a lot of actors and everybody's really happy and then you're kind of on the call and you know we're saying how like say for example there's five people that you want the director's really happy to recall and the showrunner, you know, everybody, it's really good. And then I kind of go, but this person also for these reasons, and then people are very agreeable and, you know, it's never a case that they say no, you know what I mean? And so what will happen is I'll kind of go, well, let's put this person in as well and, uh, and see what happens, you know? And so people are very open to that. Um, And then of course, once the decision making is happening um people have different opinions and as you say i mean obviously people regard my opinion because i'm part of the team um and it and but it is of course the producer director's um call do you know it has to be mm. so yeah cool and okay so if, if i'm an actor that's coming forward to uh meet you as a possible for a, a casting what is a great casting or what's a great self-tape is there a certain thing or does it really vary on the project and the person 
Yeah, really varies. Um, I mean, what's a great self-tape? A great self-tape is a really great present performance in a very nice quality piece of you know technology i suppose do you know what i mean mm -hmm. which sounds a little bit obvious but um but it just is like if somebody's really great really present really charismatic feels right for the for the character and the clip looks beautiful then i'm like happy days do you know what i mean sometimes if all of that exists and the clip is like four megs and it's all compressed and small then what I'll just do is I'll ask for the original or okay. maybe ask them to do it again, you know, because I don't want to kind of blow it up to my screen and it's really soft because it's not doing anybody any favors. Do you know, like I want it to look really beautiful. So if I'm presented with that, then that's really perfect. Um, performance, vibe, the truth, you know, it, like when the person when the person is is just really right for the role because the, because people are really talented. So you know, like it's so rare that you might get a tape where you go, "Oh, that person's not a great actor." It's not about that. Actors are fab and so talented, and they work so hard all the time. You know, it's it's really really very impressive. Um, it is just about finding the right combination. And then, of course, you know, directors will say, and it's so true, that it's about chemistry as well. So we have a lot of chemistry reads, you know. So a, a, a person might do an amazing audition. And it's so exciting when, you know, when they're good because that's what you want, you know, and it's just, you can feel it. It's so great. And then somebody else will do it and you're like, ah, oh, this is so hard. They're so, they're, you know, so amazing. And then you put them together and you might have, two pairs, both fantastic options. Um, and it's just a case of, you know, if you go this way, it's going to look this way. And if you go this way, it's going to look this way. Both really lovely, very, very valid. It's just about kind of deciding, you know, putting the puzzle together. Mm. I, I, I was talking the other day and um, when I read a script or, you know, you know, television or film and, um, I generally draw out the family tree, like oh. on a, like markers, so that I can kind of see where everybody is and how they fit and their ages. And, and I think, you know, as the casting process happens, that tree gets filled in, you know, it's that thing is that they all have to sort of feel right within the project. Mm. What's interesting as actors, it, it's quite easy to sort of see people like casting agents as these gatekeepers who have all this power and they think you're rubbish or they have something against you and don't, they don't let you through. Now, we know logically that's not the case. Tell us how that appears or how that feels from your point of view and what you would say to actors facing those issues and those rejections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is absolute nonsense. Like, <laughs> for like, it's absolute, like, I am doing a job which I am trying to do well. And it is in my best interests to present a group of actors who look beautiful and who, I mean, beautiful performance-wise. Like, that's what I mean. Obviously, not physically, that doesn't matter. Like I, like, it's my, like, I want to present the best that I can because I want the director to be happy and I want the producers to go, 
well, that's great. We don't have to do four days of casting. We've done three and look yeah. how many options we have, you yeah. know? Um, so I want you to bring your A game and walk this road with me and, um, and do well. Like there is nothing more exciting for me to be able to say you got the role. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's no world in which I hold a grudge remember to be honest I mean that's the thing sometimes people go oh my god I'm so sorry I sent you that self-tape that was labeled wrong in 2015 and I'm like <laughs> sorry pal do you know what I mean like it you know, like I don't remember those things uh if there's any kind of a bad day you know of course you have a bad day everyone does you know if you're a nice person and you're doing your best and you bring your A-game because I'm bringing mine because I'm working really hard and I'm not assuming that my job will be good enough if I wing it, do you know? And it's so rare that people do these days and um, and we're all human, you know? Uh, so, yeah, so that, it's, it's absolute, it's nonsense. Like, I'm just doing my job and so are you and your job is very, like, your job is amazing and so creative and I have absolute respect for actors. So, yeah, I would hate to think that people feel like that. And I guess as much as actors might feel that they're hustling, so are the casting agents. So everybody, everybody's a freelancer. And yeah. as you say, they've all got to prove themselves. And you, it's not an industry where you can prove yourself once either, is it? You have to, you have to keep doing yeah. it every time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point. I was talking to somebody yesterday and, you know, because it's such a changing world and... Um, because I'm growing older and I need to remember to keep my skills fresh and um, keep watching things and keep finding those new faces and not sit back and go, well, that small pool of actors will be great for everything because that's just not the truth, you know? Um, it's really important to me that I, that I keep myself uh working as in working not working the admin stuff but working like learning and um and watching and, and all that stuff and also I find it really very very helpful that um the team that work with me are really fantastic at what they do like you know each person has a very amazing set of skills in casting particularly and I regard their opinions so very highly so we work we kind of hive mind quite a lot so say for example I'm looking for four ideas for the guy who plays the cabbie in season six of whatever then I will put it out to the team and they will bring me back some really interesting ideas what I also find very very helpful in my world is that you know Thursa or Karen who work with me or indeed Fanula Bevan, like they have different opinions to me and they have different tastes. And I love that because, because my taste exists in this little bubble, but they'll bring me points which are absolutely true. And they'll go, no, hang on a minute, this person for this reason. And then this, and I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, and I'm like, absolutely. And so that has working together in a team that size has I believe made our work better because um, four heads are better than one, five heads are better. Than, do you know what I mean? And um, so yes, absolutely. So we all kind of have to keep 
keep upskilling. And and you know what? What a privilege. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at the television series that are made these days. Like, to have to watch something amazing on Apple or Netflix or, you know, Hulu or whatever, like, that's just a joy, do you know? Uh, so I, I remind myself of that. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. And talking to creatives for this, it's one that comes up a lot, the ones who are happy. And to be fair, most of the people I've spoken to are of this mindset are enjoying what's happening at the moment for the sake of it. It's it's just, For me as a performer in music and acting, it, it's so easy to fall into this mindset of I want to be here and I'm here mm-hmm. or this year hasn't gone as well as last year and I thought this would lead to that and it hasn't. But if you judge yourself by those things, it's it's going to be very hard <laughs> to stay happy. You've got to just enjoy the doing it at some level, I guess. Is that the same for yeah. you as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, each job, like each job is, is, is a treasure and it brings different fun and different challenges in different ways. And that's what I enjoy. And then the point at which, you know, they go and go on set, I feel a bit like a proud mom and, (laughs) and that's, it. And then ages later, a movie comes out and you go, oh, yeah, that's amazing. My goodness, look at them. And then they go on their journey and that's fine, you know. Um, but, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, there's just no point, you know. Um, the, I'm just grateful for the gigs that happen, mm. you know. Mm. Tell us about some of the gigs that have happened recently then that people – may have seen i think they'd find it interesting to, if we could to talk a little bit about the work that goes into some of those things uh are you talking about stuff that's on tv now yeah, or if, yeah if we can i mean you may not be able to talk about some things i don't know but if there's sort oh, of... yeah, no um uh well on television at the moment um that we worked on is uh, a tv series called normal people which is on which is massive. Like it's sort of as, as much as the the coronavirus seems to have come from nowhere and taken over the world. Normal people seem to have done this thing where it's maybe I was just naive because I'm I'm afraid to say I didn't know the novel beforehand. But so I've known it through the through the TV show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, um, another TV series we worked on called Blood, uh, which is on Channel Five. Season two is on Channel Five right now, um, and Virgin in Ireland. Um, and yeah, normal people. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of amazing. I mean, it's it like, it's look. It was an absolute joy to work on. Like, let's be honest. You know, to be allowed to work on a television series with that's so the book itself um, that Sally wrote is amazing and is so beloved around the world and is just the most beautifully written story it's gorgeous and then of course to when Lenny says yeah you know I was was like okay I'm gonna cast this tv series that's amazing so like to you know that was very exciting and then of course the producers in element and you know Catherine and Emma and Ed and I mean like they're such intelligent creative talented people and really really lovely so myself and Karen my colleague got to work on it and we started early because obviously Marianne Connell you know it was important to get going immediately so um I started in October 2020 I started in October 2018 
And so we saw people in Ireland, we saw people in the UK. We found Paul very early. He just graduated. Well, no, he had graduated from college the year before, but he'd done two theatre shows. And uh, I mean, he was terrific. He was terrific in college and, you know, he was terrific on stage. And so that was really very exciting because mm. um, he came quite early. And then uh, and then we, we called some ladies and we saw some amazing ladies. And then Susan Shopmaker helped us in New York casting, looking for Marianne and Matt LaSalle in LA. And, uh, and then obviously we were working, we were looking in the UK. So we saw a lot of ladies and my goodness, like the talent, particularly around accent, you know, because I, the Irish accent is not easy. And, uh, and they were so very impressive. It was terrific. And then once Daisy came along and we put them together, it was a very exciting day. So we were all just like, you know, that kind of, like it's, you know, as the actor, you can feel when the audition goes well, but believe me, when you leave the room and the people in the room have felt what you guys have felt, we are literally going. <laughs> yeah, it was very exciting. So, uh, so, and then, so, you know, once you have the leads, then you, you know, it's like any job, you kind of spend months filling in all the various roles and, um, and then block two comes and you continue and, uh, yeah, it, I mean, an absolute privilege to be honest to work on. And with a project like that, how how obvious was it that it was going to be a success, or is it not? You know, if you work, you know, if a, I guess you if you're working on a project, you know, it's big because of the the company involved and the actors involved and the production and all that, and the, maybe even the money. But in terms of thinking something could be successful, that's difficult, isn't it? I guess because you might think something is has got loads of legs, it's going to be great, and it doesn't quite go the way you imagine, and then something else is a surprise. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, hundred um, percent. I mean, I don't know if something's going to be successful. I suppose because that's not my mm. area. But mm. what do you know what I mean? Um, I know when something feels really good and I know when I'm working with people who I respect hugely and regard very highly and um you know you know when you know you might like so we cast something they go on set they you know work their magic and be amazing as they are and I'll check in with the producers you know as this sort of because we are slightly ahead of the kind of the shoot because we're doing other roles and obviously asking you know how are they doing how's it all going blah 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 and I mean the reports all the way were just that they were doing great and they were amazing and um, I mean I feel really strongly that the actors are in such safe hands when it comes to working with somebody like Lenny and with Hetty and and on set, you know, they had a, an intimacy coordinator called Ita and, and the two ladies, uh, Catherine and Emma, who produced it. I mean, they, they care so deeply and they are so thoughtful. And so as regards kind of international success, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't judge. I don't know anything about numbers or, you know, broadcasters or, you know, it's not my area. But I do know when something feels really special. Um, and this felt really special, and the <laughs> the reaction is kind of amazing. So it's I mean it's I, I'm just really proud for Ireland actually that like people have you know taken them into their hearts. It's really amazing. People have been so kind. And I guess that's not always the case. You'll be casting things that 
that don't have a massive Irish connection necessarily. Um, so to have one that does and is a big yeah. success must be quite rewarding. Yeah, it's an Irish story. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we love working on the projects that are, you know, but, um, but I just think at this time that this lovely, really truthful Irish story about young love, um, which is so universal, obviously. Mm. And I, I just, I just love that, that this has happened and that people have kind of are rooting for them, you know, uh, my cousin, uh, sent me a message the other day and, you know, she she just said she just said it just reminds me of my first love, and yeah. you know, and she doesn't work in the business, and she, obviously we're very close, but she's just like it just reminds me of my first love, and and I said, and I feel like that's actually what's sort of happened to people that they just find themselves in them, you know, in some shape or form in their journey, you know. Mm, it's great, fascinating, and that's you know, if you want to get a bit arty about it, what is drama and art and what all this stuff for? It can be as as highfalutin as you want, but at the end of the day, it's about people finding themselves in things isn't it yeah and it's not easy to do that the thing we'd mentioned before about the sort of hustle of the actor and how that compares to to your hustle it i would imagine that it's it is all about connections and it's about working with someone and and past you know being recommended to somebody else and all those kinds of things so how how has that worked and how difficult is that to sort of be in the position where you're as much as you think of an actor for a role you have to be thought of as a casting agent for something how do you get to that position uh, I mean, you know, it's like, as you said, it's uh, relationships and it's, you know, work begets work, I suppose, to a degree. Um, Ireland is really quite small. There's only a few casting directors. I mean, there's probably about 10 of us. Um, and luckily, we all work. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose it's just... And then, of course, you know, you might meet a new director and you go and you have an interview and you prepare I mean my goodness like you know I, I remember a few years ago and um, a, a line producer got in touch and she said that a director was going to be in touch and I'd heard about this television series and the actor was going to be in Ireland in like two days and so I'm like right so I was up 24 hours reading the books reading the scripts preparing and they're like could you just pop together a little casting for a few days and I'm like oh my god but but yes is the answer do you know what I mean and so whatever it is the best you can do and I say this to actors as well obviously is you know I will always put my best foot forward going in to meet a director because they're there and with their body of experience and it is their time and they are a human person and and if it's not right then that's okay do you know what I mean? And if it is, then it's always really exciting because it feels like a new journey. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, Louise, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. That's been really fascinating. And it's, you know, I've spoken to all sorts of people for this, a lot of musicians, actors, um, some writers and stuff. So it's always interesting to hear a bit more, I don't want to say behind the scenes, but, you know, that kind of, because it's, it's still a massively creative job, it seems to me as well, because you were trying to put together... It's a bit of alchemy, isn't it? You've, you know, there's a script, there's a director, there's there's what they want, and then there's these actors, and you don't know, do you? Like you say, you're putting together different people and trying different things, but you you don't really know for definite. It's um, but that's fun, isn't yeah. it? I guess. Yeah, yeah, and and the collaboration of it is 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 really great. And then, of course, you know, once that stuff is done, then we're sort of deep into kind of contracts and all that stuff, which 
is very much part of my job and also very much part of, you know, I quite like it. And from the way you've talked, which is, is really nice to hear, actually, it feels like you have quite a sort of um, quite a protective relationship towards the, the actors that you've worked with. And, and that thing of seeing them from maybe not having done anything before and a different things they're moving on and staying in touch and making sure that they're OK on set, which, again, as an actor on the outside, it's really nice to hear that because it's quite easy <laughs> to convince yourself that, right. that people aren't there for you in that sense. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember really well going to a read through years ago as an actor and being really quite nervous and thinking that somebody in the room, probably the casting director, is going to hear me and go, oh my God, we made a big mistake. <laughs> you know, it's like genuinely, um, and that never happens. It never happens. So, you know, I would tell my younger self, not to worry, just go and read the page, you're fine. Just do it. Because you, <laughs> yeah. you can only do it the way you do it, and maybe that's not quite right, or it, it doesn't mean you're any lesser than anybody else. I, I liked what you said as well about you. it's very rare that you get a self-tape through where someone just isn't very good, which no. that's good to hear as well because, you know, when you're putting yeah. stuff out there, it's good to know that it's um, – and even if you do do something, that if you do something in relation that isn't quite to your best – like everybody knows that that isn't a reflection on your entire ability. No, and that's a really good point. And it's it's really important, actually, because we were on a call there quite recently and the producers and the director and me, everybody, you know, watched the self-tape, agreed that, it was a few weeks ago, agreed that the self-tape was not particularly the best work from the actor, but quite rightly pointed out as well that that person's materials are amazing and that body of work is amazing. Mm. So again, we can have a bad day. Do you know what I mean? This is not a test, you know? So yes, absolutely. hundred percent. And again, I do it all the time. I'm like, even for the small roles, you know, somebody might send me a tape for the postman and or the postwoman and that tape is not quite right. I know that they can do better. So I just send a message via one of my colleagues can you just retake that, please, and just do this? Just do this a little bit better or a little bit different or a little bit less good or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And people just tape again and it's fine. Great. Okay, Louise, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time on the Robert Lane Creative Careers podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, share it, like it, comment on it, review it, tell all your friends about it, all of those things would be fantastic because the more that people do that, the more that new people get a chance to hear the podcast, join the community and enjoy the content that we're putting out. You can find me at robertlanemusic.co.uk and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Robert Lane Music. Please get in touch, let me know if you're enjoying the programmes and who you think I should talk to in the future. Thank you, till next time, goodbye.